will say, I do appreciate having a job where I don't need to have an A game. <laughs> that feels good. I think that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> exactly. No one's going to hire Art for a job where you need an A game. <laughs> right. All right. Get the last button here. See if see if it yells at me this time. Nope. All right, it does. All right. Well, we'll I'll get Craig in there in a second. Uh. Well, I'll kick it off. So we're going to do an impromptu roundtable, folks. Um, we were going to have some mothership, but our uh, GM had a little chicken problem, if you know what I mean, um, which made me tell my story that I always tell about. Make sure you take a bucket into the bathroom with you. Um, I feel like we should take a moment to paint a picture here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, and actually, you know, a bucket's good or we have like a... Yeah, a rectangular tub that's about like six inches deep. You you got to sit there. You, know, you got to strip off all your clothes, and you got to kind of like hunch over the can, and then and have the um have the bin like you know, and then kind you're kind of in a fetal position, but on the shitter because as soon as it starts coming out of your mouth, like I found everything loosens up, and and then your body's just emptying out. So, um, but you want to be ready. You got to be ready. You literally pay. <laughs> hopefully, more, hopefully that resonated with people. Now recording. But more importantly, a, what I just heard you say is systematic. I, you know, <laughs> for all I and I know you're emphasizing, and I have never argued with you about system matters, really, other than to just you know fuck with you. No, I get that. I'm a big proponent, like I and I think that's the whole like I love. I think you and I are actually similar in this regard. I think understanding the ways in which people create things to model RPGs, you know, and then even war games. Those are the things like I would buy war games and just read the rules. Cause I was like, well, okay, what's their approach to this? And right. no, uh, I mean, I, I was also a, a loner loser, uh, you know, kind of like art is now. Um, but yeah, I, that's like, yeah. I completely accept that we are alike in that. Um, you know, my ratio of, of RPG reading versus actual play, even though I've played a shit ton since it became a thing in the guild, mm-hmm. um, it, it's still like way skewed in favor of the amount of times I reading. spent just reading. You know, yeah. like I've yeah. read Burning Wheel mm-hmm. seven or eight times just because I was fascinated by how he decided to approach. You know, creating yeah. his dice pools and the different colored dice and how they're going to work and how the leaves work. So, yeah, um, I've read Blades in the Dark that many times, just trying to understand how the fuck it works. <laughs> right. Blades is a little bit different, and it's yeah. strange. It, it seems to be simple, yet when you read it, you're like, okay, I read all that. I, I get all that. Except if you handed right. me some dice right now and told me to run a yeah, simple, exactly. you know, conflict, I'd be like. uh let me go back and read that again, which exactly. is odd because it's got so much love when it yeah. it first came out. So I don't know. It's, just well, it's, like like, it's interesting. Was- like people are, I can get excited about it when I read it. And then I think about, okay, like I try and like, like I walk through like a kind of solo-ish like thing. And I'm like, ugh, yeah, it just, yeah. I mean, we tried it that very briefly. And yep. yeah, I, I think it's one of those, like, if you really get the mechanics down where you're not referencing the rules, it's probably pretty good. But there's a lot of effort that has to get you to that point. So Blades or, in the Dark is one of those systems. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. 
I was going to say Blades in the Dark is one of those systems where I've heard like literally nothing but glowing things. Is it actually, but is there, is there like a learning curve to it up front that really takes it's a It's very procedural. I'm surprised because I've heard non-glowing things. Um, I, I, I definitely, there is a lot, there's a lot of people, there is a lot of glowing stuff out there. I have seen some that's not glowing and there are some people that, because I think you can't, I think you it's very easy to bounce off of because I can kind of understand this. I still like want to understand it and I think I could figure it out because it, it is, it does branch off, like it takes PBTA and then makes it much more rigorous in my mind and kind of right. codifies the process you use for each of these things, um, which some people absolutely hate. So I'm really surprised you haven't seen any of that hate. I was going to um, say, because that seems like the antithesis of what PBTA wants to do. Correct. Yeah. They, well, yeah. And it, it's still a little bit free form and, you know, you can still do what you want, right? You can, you can do rulings, not rules on a PBTA uh, on a blades in the dark game, but right. It does establish that, like, you know, it does the thing because PBTA does this a little bit too. Like, in the rulings, in the rules, in the rulings, the words matter. Like, I'm going to, you know, when, when, because the GM's kind of now listening words to matter. What, God damn it. Word now, words matter. That's right. <laughs> the, you know, you're listening to what the players are saying and then you're helping them. Okay. You've just triggered a game mechanic by what okay. you said. Right? right. And, and PBTA and then, in PBTA, once you trigger a game mechanic, then it triggers a whole bunch of like it's like it's it's as procedural as like great campaigns. It's very procedural, hmm. I, and I love procedures. Uh, right. I just need to play it, I think, to really make it sink home. But right. well, I it, think the the other challenge with it is um, number one, there's an overall structure to the game. Like every session in theory is supposed to consider consists of um i'm gonna call it the heist i'm not sure the the yeah. i think the job no, I mean, maybe the term right um i mean it, which is the you go and do your thing to emulate this um criminal gang in this gas punk you know setting and then there's this formalized downtime process and in theory a session supposed to have one of each um, and that's very almost board gaming, um, mm-hmm. in how it works. And so I think that's what people who defend are like, well, it's just really just structure. I think where it becomes procedural and the score, it's a score. And problematic, the score and then the downtime, yeah. right? Free play score downtime. Right. Um, and candidly, like, I think they just threw free play in as a, Fob too, and if you just want to sit around and talk and not roll dice, you can do that as well. Yeah, or so. it says gather information where where you're figuring out what target you want to do, what your score plan is going to be. Yeah, but the other place that it's a challenge is when you get into resolution. There's this mm-hmm. whole system of state setting, and yeah. um, where you're talking about, I think the scale and the effect. Right. Um, it, it doesn't, to me, it, that's where it loses something from PBTA, where PBTA has the advantage of quick and, you yeah. know, and, and still, but still gives you that kind of feeling of pushing it versus like some push and pull. And then, and, and when you have to go through this procedure that maybe takes 15 minutes to decide what you're rolling, like, yeah, I don't know. I, don't I, know. I, I think it requires 
um, a different kind of player system mastery. You know, a lot of times deep, you know, crunchy systems, you know, like in Mithras, it might be ideal if you understood all the different possible uh, spins you have, if you get those successes that trigger the effect or knowing all the action menus in, um, you know, RuneQuest. You know, that's one kind of system mastery. Here, it's, it's almost like probably the ideal game would be everyone is somebody who's GM'd, who's used to the kind of the, you know, eyeballing the situation saying, yeah, you know, this is probably significant and um, probably a risky setting to have that conversation between the, the player and the GM to make sure they're on the same page about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I've read it over and over again and I could theoretically explain it to someone, but I don't, I would not be comfortable implementing it, which is why I've uh, not done anything with Band of Blades, which right. I was extremely excited about because yeah, I love right. the Black Company novel. Mm-hmm. All into it. And then, you know, Duck sort of uh, did a Band of Blades thing with us. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. and, and he did fine, but it, it was basically kind of the setting up our game. I half-assed and, it. All that it was stuff. Fine. Um, it was. It was. Let's let's mess around. And I didn't. I mean, yeah, we were all kind of feeling. But nobody pushed it. to to reconvene and yeah. start playing, which I found interesting. Okay. It kind of dropped was, lower on my um in my list of stuff to play after that. Right. Yeah. So I, I yeah. So if I can ask, you know, I don't. The the one thought I've ever had about the gumshoe system is that it sort of systemizes things that don't need to be systemized do you feel like mm-hmm. uh yeah blades of oh sh- the resolution blades, yeah, of, blades in the dark blades the resolution the mechanic might be a, a, a step too far okay but i don't know i really i i, I want to like it could be that once it's smooth and you can do it in a minute right that it really helps so like you know, or is it complexity for complexity's sake? I can't like you know. I'm not going to play a war game half for half a half a session and then say this game's broken because I'm behind. And that's what like me calling Blades in the Dark, uh, you know, overwrought would be that because I don't know. I, I, I you know, it's certainly not a pick up and play like PBTA is to me. Right. Um, and I would say I, those I, things about Gumshoe having never played it, so yeah, I could yeah, be yeah. totally wrong. I have played Gumshoe, and I know, and I think Rex may have some opinions on Gumshoe, but um, we can do that. But I should let's go back to the intro stuff. I just want to say, um, you know, we are doing an impromptu roundtable. Uh, we have, as you've probably already noticed, uh, myself, uh, Duck. We have Rex. Uh, we have Art, and then we have Pete, who hasn't said too much. So, well, um, I haven't played. I haven't played Blades in the Yeah, we, we right. got off on a tangent. Yeah. So yeah. I haven't played either of the games, but I said plenty. Um, yeah, but you but, were being you were being your bottom self again and just kind of prompting <laughs> us for things. And I hope our listeners enjoyed that we started this round table in media red. <laughs> <laughs> very nice, very nice. Yeah. Um I think everybody's been on a round table, right? So we don't have to do mm-hmm. the virgin thing. I think so. Yeah. Um, do we want to? I and I liked where this we could 
talk more about gumshoe and stuff or uh i don't know what our roundtable topic is going to be we think about yeah. that uh do we want to go round robin on what we're prepping playing and running well i just want to say the the one thing we if we want to talk about gumshoe the topic could be you know switching systems because i know rex you were thinking of switching from mm-hmm. gumshoe to potentially delta green for mm-hmm. for your uh for your delta for your delta game yeah. but anyway mm-hmm. Um, but I like yeah, the switching I'll, systems idea. Good idea. I'll, I'll step back and let okay. you guys talk about what you're running. Well, uh, well let's get Pete. Pete, why don't you tell us what you're prepping, playing, and running? Uh, so the only thing that I'm running right now, uh, and you know, it's a sporadic running. I've I've done two sessions of Mork Borg over the last uh, month, month and a half. Uh, very nice. Very uh, nice. Hollywood Art uh, and Duck and Patrick. Yep. Um, and so uh, hopefully, and I keep meaning to do this, but I think I have to sign up to uh, make a doodle account so that I can send out a doodle so we could try to finish that up. Oh, and nice. Really, yeah. we, we only have That'd like one session well to do. But, but then I'd like to try to, you know, the more I, I play, play it and think about it and read it, the, the more I'd like to try to do it more. You know, yeah. I, I think, yeah. again, a nice rules light kind of fun, gonzo. Yeah, it's fun. It is very uh, gonzo, yeah. We, yeah uh, and it is interesting because we had, you know, I've not – put anybody down but i certainly uh killed off patrick twice in yeah. the game that he was with us uh in one session so that you, was, you, uh, you don't mean to put anybody down because no, I, I mean don't. yeah i mean patrick we yeah. can all we can dump on patrick that's okay yeah absolutely yeah so it's even uh, easier than dumping on art sometimes <laughs> new bottom love you baby love you uh, and so, uh, but I've been, you know, trying to read a couple of other things, uh, because I am really interested in, I don't want to give up on the one ring. So yeah. I've yeah, been yeah, trying yeah. to. Talk, some, that popped in my head when we were talking about procedural stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I've been trying to do some reading because I want to do a little bit of solo with the strider mode. Uh, oh, yeah. see if then I can translate that into, uh, you know, running uh, maybe the starter set. Adventures. Just wait but, for aim, maybe aim, aim second edition. Well, you know, really, I y- you joke, but I no, am I, a five D whore. I was about to I say know. you love five D. I know yeah. you are. Yeah, and I would and I, if you ran an aim game, I would be in there in a fucking second because that to me that like yeah the one ring I again bounced off of, which is funny because I love procedural stuff, but. Um, yeah, that I had like I think the way they did it with five E. I don't mind five E. I don't know I'd ever run it, but if someone was going to run it in Middle Earth, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. So, so I really I'm just jonesing to get back to five E. So, um, and then we were you were kind of joking about doing the reading. You know, this is how bad my reading you know addiction is to this. Is that I just finished the four hundred and something page rule book, the Pathfinder. You know, because oh. I had it and I had never read the whole book. And I mean, sure. literally, yeah. was like two weeks ago, I finished it, you know. Is that the second nope. edition one? No, the first, the first edition. Of running Pathfinder 1 or 2. But you know yeah. what? I was like, you know what? I got this book. D&D 3.5 is a good system. Yeah. Sure. And I want to mm-hmm. I want to read it. So I read the whole damn thing. From cover to yeah. cover. Um, and then uh, I'm in a bunch of different uh, games, but obviously uh, the Mothership game, which unfortunately uh, we couldn't play today because uh, poor Jason. Yeah, got sick. Well, it'll come back. Um, right. It is um, very pickupable, at least. Right. Um, yeah. I'm in uh, Art's uh, M Space game, uh, Dave's Hero, uh, uh, not Hero Quest. Uh, why am I blanking? Rune Quest game. Um, 
Duck's Forbidden Lands. Uh, looking forward to getting back to that since Duck had been on vacation. Um, yeah, we'll and, have to see. Uh, yeah, and I'm kind of hoping that uh, you know once uh, Matt settles back down, gets his Digenesis game going again, uh, and then uh, the Conan uh, Conan stuff with Hollywood. So that's kind of mm-hmm. what I've been playing. Aren't you also in Matt's uh, Tomstown? He's yeah, he's getting that one back together too, right? Tom's, right. Oh, and I should shout out to Ty. You know, Ty uh, is going to be running a. Uh, in fact, we're going to get mm-hmm. physical copies of. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mail. He's going to send us. Uh, yeah, handout. Ty's good for that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to get started sometime in September, October. Uh, so uh, that'll be really cool. Uh, and then uh, he also has his um, uh, Mutant Year Zero game. Uh, that we do. Mm. Uh, again right. because of summer a little bit on hiatus but yeah a lot so, of stuff yeah. like that yeah yeah so that's kind of what i've been doing very nice very nice good stuff uh art you want to go next sure yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of already covered like i'm running yeah, yeah. well that happens Harn, i'm running m space m space is on a bit of a hiatus um for the summer i'm in ty's uh desolation uh mm-hmm. osc game yep. i'm in you mentioned uh, Hollywood's Conan. I'm in that. That's been great. They've all been great, but um, that's been great. Um, what else? Ducks, Forbidden, Forbidden Lands, Lands. Yep. Uh, Ties, Mutants, Year Zero. It's a lot of stuff. And then, yeah, I mean, if Matt gets the Genesis back going, I'm I'm in that. What are you guys? Um, what are you guys thinking about the Genesis? How many sessions did you do? One and a half ish. Okay. Basically. Too soon to tell. Yeah. yeah. What you know? I've said this before in other things, like. Matt is really into the setting and mm-hmm. I think he's brought it to life in a way I thought was great. Um, as far as the systems go, I don't think we've spent a lot of time mm. interacting with him to know that stuff, okay. but the, the setting is massive. It's a post-apocalyptic Harn, if you will. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, the, the, setting is, the setting is massive and, um, and it's fascinating. So I'm looking forward to what Matt I, I, that. I got those books because you know how could I oh, resist? Yeah. And, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I've I've just sat down and just paged through looking at the artwork and stuff. Very yeah. Nice. I mean, yeah. Columbia Games knocked it out of the park with the. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> the Genesis stuff is stunning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely stunning. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and I think that's. And I feel bad if I left anything out, but I, oh, it, 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 off the cuff, I think yeah, that's you're, it. you're you'll be forgiven. Yeah. Uh, Rex, how about you? Um, I think. Probably everything that's been discussed mm-hmm. at this point is everything that I'm actively playing in right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm trying to think if there's anything. Yeah, I think everything that I'm playing in has already been discussed, so I won't uh, recycle that again. Um, uh, as far as prepping, this evening... The Just before going live, I uh, launched my subscription to Forge, got my oh, foundry nice. license in there, Ooh, and nice. I've loaded two game systems. So I can far. guess one of them 5e, <laughs> and the other one's 5e. Is L5R one of them? You aren't supposed to say that. That was going to be the secret. Oh, uh, I ruined Fly it. Oh, no. was the other. But yes. L5R. Wait, is that, oh, yeah. Legend of the Five Rings. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, I, you've said yeah. you, yeah, you've talked about that before. Yeah. I have. I got a and, secret message and, from Rex today. That's how I knew. And I just blew it for him. So I'm probably on the outs <laughs> now. I'm outside the, I'm outside the inner circle. I understand. But no, it actually is going to potentially segue into what I wanted to discuss in the round table. Okay. Uh, so at the appropriate time, I will right. return you to can, the segue. All right. Um, so you're done with uh, what you want to talk about prepping and plan? Yeah, there's a there's I'm doing some background reading for Fall of Delta Green 1964. Nice. That game's going to be set in the uh, Congo Crisis of 1964. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And I think what I I think I may actually run two games in that setting uh, mm. and potentially uh, get more people an opportunity to jump in one of those because I I kind of have a standing invite for the original Fall mm-hmm. Delta Green guys mm-hmm. uh, if they want to play they always have a seat. Um, but there's a, there's so much there, and even in the history of Delta Green, um, it was a pretty big deal that I can easily run two separate ops um, um, nice. uh, there. So, um, but that's at this point, I'm just learning the history of the Congo Crisis. So exactly when that's going to translate into actionable role playing is unclear. Cool. All right. Uh, like everyone else, I think, uh, I do have a couple things that haven't been mentioned. Um, but of course I'm in arts, Harn and M space. I'm in the desert of desolation. I'm running the forbidden lands for some of you bozos. I'm in Jason's mothership. I'm in mutineer zero with Pete. Hart. Um, I don't think curse of Strahd has come up. We are on backdoor baby break. Um, but I think that will end in September. So that's exciting. Uh, Hollywood does a great job. And um, Jason actually has a Technoir game. Um, of course, Cyberpunky set in future LA um, with uh, me, Dave, and Anthony, believe it or not. Um, it's like, and it's just like shit on duck time the whole session. So I love it. Um, <laughs> and uh, White Rock, I don't think any of you are in White Rock. So I'm still running White Rock. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, well, I, then we could talk maybe. Um, yeah. There, you know, we, we went down when Rex left. We, you know, we went down to five, which has been pretty good. Um, but yeah, if you're really interested, shoot me a line. Uh, but we are going to try and do that tomorrow. Although uh, a couple of people are iffy, which is kind of pissing me off, but whatever. Um, I think that. Well, you know, I'd never be iffy. I true. I mean, I should factor that more into my um, into my uh packet, my application packet for RPGs. I did also pull out. Um, I pulled out Nowhereville when um, I knew I wasn't going to run Forbidden Lands last week because I was feeling kind of shitty. Um. And uh, Nowhereville is a, a game set in a small town. It's kind of PBTA-ish. Uh, you have playbooks and such. Um, I'm not sure the mechanic is 2D6. It might be, though. Uh, but it's got a lot of interesting mechanics, and it's uh, very kind of horror 
horror style stuff. Uh, and I've wanted to play it for a long time. And I was going to mess around with seeing how hard it would be to set up like that generic sandbox um, foundry module for that. It's not a complicated system, so I don't know how hard it would be. Or maybe somebody's made some. Anyway, I have been noodling with that. And then I have a couple of GURPS one-shots that I'm always got in the back of my head that I could set up Foundry for that. And eh. But, you know, then I had to go back to work. So, you know, maybe if I retired, all this will happen. All right. That's it for me. So uh, we had one proposal for kind of a roundtable of, like, um, how you switch how you decide, you know, maybe one system isn't working. I, and I know Rex is waiting for his segue into a roundtable topic. Um, I don't want to deny him that. So, uh, but do you, like, do we want to just start talking about that and see where it goes? Anybody got any other? I'm trying to remember, did we talk about, like, there were some other ideas for roundtables in the Discord. Yeah, and Rex, was there something specific oh, you wanted to get to? Well, are the proponents of those ideas here? I don't know. I try. I don't even remember what those ideas were. And they clearly were not as meritorious as mine. So. Well, what is yours? We don't even know yours. <laughs> so I was going to talk about, and this actually ties together several threads, um, lore-rich or content-rich settings and you know, how we deal with them in this guild. and We've the, done this one before. I'm, I'm here for it, but we have done this okay. one before. It seems like. Right. I, I think Maybe we you weren't in it. Yeah. I think oh, yeah, we could mine that one again, sure. You know. Yeah. So, um, so I'll, I will not reiterate the whole thing um, since it may have been discussed before. So, but my, this, this started kicking around in my head. I like how Rex just gives his ideas and then assumes that we'll agree to his idea uh, and then just starts talking. I don't know where he would get that from, but now it's fine. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, clearly. <laughs> I know. Okay. I just want I just want to point it out. I mean, it's That's glaringly funny. obvious to everyone, I'm sure, but I, I feel like I need to point a finger Ma at it. Ma manifest truth can be glaringly obvious. So... Um, <laughs> so here's my current thinking on the the lore rich world and how we approach them and this came out of you know we had some discussions about harn and what was going on in arts game um and and part of it was a setting issue and part of it was a system issue um so it's from the setting issue and i think art kind of covered this uh, in his debrief, uh, in our uh, our thread talking about it, um, in these setting rich games, I think it is very, very important. Number one, that you have a good session zero, so you can really talk about which portion of the setting you want to crawl into and uh, explore. Um, and then to make sure that you've got characters that connect to that setting. Because I think what ended up happening in Art's Harn game is it was kind of the classic, everybody made characters. Mm -hmm. And and then Art had to kind of like weave together um, how all these Just to pile on Art, we made characters in a session zero with Art there. <laughs> sure, I understand that. 
Yeah. I didn't yeah, say yeah. it was a. I, 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 did I not say zero? <laughs> yeah, I just want, I want to reemphasize this, but you were kind of wavering away from this all being Art's fault. I just want to bring us back on point. It's all Almost Art's fault. All of this is Art's fault. Okay. But, but to some extent, it's the guild's fault because we. With, Rex is warring with agreeing with me or blaming it all on Art, and it's it's tough. You can see him wavering. Uh, well, I want I want to get both points. I know. So I'm, I'm trying to get the point pile of art, but then I'm twist and get know, an extra yeah, point. Mm-hmm. I'm stammering. So. I know. I know. Um, because what we ended up with again was this very disparate group of people that um, uh, uh, didn't have number one, a real strong connection to the setting. I think kind of yeah. just went through the character creation process. Um, and then really a lot of them didn't have any particular connection to the adventure we were going on right. so um and so why this is relevant to l5r is I, i'm gonna take the plunge and i'm gonna try to run it but instead of doing the normal um post an rpg talk hey i'm gonna run an l5r anybody interested in playing and well mm-hmm. okay well everybody come jump on here mm-hmm. i'm actually going to run the introductory beginner's adventure um kind of the way dave ran his uh rune quest uh, yeah the rune quest seven seasons and mm-hmm. seven seasons of Star Trek. yeah um and i'm gonna limit when um, i run actually actually it's six seasons of Star Trek. six seasons excuse me just felt like seven um <laughs> No, Dave's very pissed at me about RuneQuest, so now I might as well just go all in. Oh, yeah. There's yeah, no right. point in, in wavering. Right. Um, I'm just going to run a couple people through the beginner's game um, it, for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, it, it'll help me focus on the system mastery and not juggling you know, making sure everybody's engaged and is everybody having fun and giving everybody a chance to have their own moment. Um, but I also think these system or these settings, these lore rich settings for the characters, I think the characters need more spotlight time to really get comfortable with what they're doing in the setting and having longer to engage with NPCs and ask questions. Because I think when we do our typical, you know, let's jump around and make sure everybody's been spoken to, as a player, at the point that it's moved to somebody else, there's just kind of a natural tendency to go in low gear, and maybe you're mm-hmm. going to pop over and check Discord real quick, and uh, what did your kids just do? Do I have a turn in Board Game Arena? Let's do. Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, so I, my goal or my, my plan with that is to run a couple people through, and then number one, decide is it even worth really going into this game? Um, and assuming that I've got a couple people that, that really enjoy it, then doing a session zero where we're gonna make characters, but we're also gonna figure out which part of L5R um, the characters wanna explore. Do they wanna go you know, to the uh, tainted lands and be crab on the wall fighting off uh, the shadow, or do they want to do court politics, or do they want to be Ronin, or do they want to be Shigenjika? Um 
and really, I want to date the woman on the rule book cover. There you go. Um, That's my sole motivation. That could be a goal. Uh, So really, I think one of the keys is running a smaller group. So everybody gets more time with the setting um, and doing that strong section zero. Yeah, you can make sure the characters work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a bad thought. Make sure they work together and connected. So L5R is going to be happening, but but no one should necessarily expect a um, big, invite uh soon so um so that's what i'm doing with l5r okay nice how does that nice. um so and so is this what let me see if i can summarize perhaps and restate you're saying for lore is this a lore rich environment thing that you're doing it seems more like also that but the system itself testing out this is the reason you're doing you know two three people very small starter kit adventure kind of thing or does it is this totally separate of your topic of lore rich settings no it's it's tied into the lore rich settings and i think the challenge it, it seems like a lot of these lore rich games like everybody gets excited because they're interested in the IP and there's the lore. And then mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of times the games kind of peter out. And mm-hmm. I feel like part of it is, you know, people have been dropped into this world where they are expected to, to really function. They really are supposed to understand the significance of who this person is or what that town is, or what right. about this event um, or, you know, what, uh, you know, noble heraldry does this particular person have on? And again, I think when you got five or six people and some people are there just to, you know, swing a sword and get some loot, it's just, it's hard to really get that engagement. And then um, in the Harn situation, I think what complicated it was (laughs) we also had a system that's not narrative friendly um very very dated in its approach to things and so i think there was some of that you know combination of i'm not really sure what i'm doing here i'm not really sure what my character's motivations are and these characters aren't particularly great at a lot of things um so it it was kind of that classic warhammer sorry hander i have a well, no, it's not even Dwyhander. It's it's just kind of that, um, you know, m- maybe more old school like Warhammer Fantasy, where hey, you're a group of schmucks who have almost no chance to survive in life, but go do something adventurous. Um, right, right. Yeah, and so, we're and you know, I, I mean, I, I like I'm trying to play my character who's been made out to be, you know, he's got a little bit of an edge, but he's no like wade in and kill gargoon right and so uh, you know in trying to stick with that character like yeah like yeah the the match of the the characters and the setting uh, or the adventure were pretty tough i i actually uh, i'll admit it just because someone will will probably rat me out but i was singing your praises rex in the heart when we were bullshitting around uh, when we didn't play harn um because I think what you did with Zweihander was good, where, yeah, we're shitty characters, and we're like these normal guys, and we're thrown in. But we're thrown into a situation where we have no choice. It's like, 
you know, run around and try and survive versus like, I have a choice. I can just go back home and like say, right. I never heard of this fucking sheriff guy. Right. Right. Yep. But, you know, but this is an interesting topic because this is one of the things that I meant to try at some point to talk about with art regarding Harn, right? So, and I haven't read enough Harn all the way through, you know, to get a good sense for this necessarily. Now, obviously, it can be different. But, you know, is is your impression, Art, that Harn is a game, you know, like 5e, where heroes, you're heroes being heroes, basically. Or, you know, is it, you know, almost like a DCC, like, okay, well, you start off as a gong farmer, and if you make it through the funnel, you know, you, you get to go, you know, or is it, you know, well, you are average Joes who are supposed to do awesome things, right? And it's kind of, wh- wh- which way do you think that, at least, was well, particularly your game, but, but in general, do you think <coughs> Arn has a, has a way that it prefers to be played? And which way, you know, do you want your game to be? Right. So that's, that's sort of it. And I think we sort of touched on, you know, what Duck was just saying about Zweihander. Cause I think I've, I've specifically said to Rex, I'm not sure who else, what channel was in. Like at first when we were getting Harn up and running, I questioned the idea of should games allow you to be average because the stories they're going to put you in are never going to be average. And so is it doing the characters service? to allow you to potentially sort of box yourself into the corner. And what, you know, and I think I said this, what it, some, similar to what Duck was saying, what I really appreciated about Zweihander is Rex melded the two together. The idea that you can be an average. And what I didn't do is I didn't come up with a situation that narratively gave you a motivation to be average, but to rise above toward extraordinary now the thing with say like Zweihander, or all these systems the, the trick with them or at least with harn i should say is that process is probably going to get you killed so i don't know if the game itself then allows you to i i don't know so so i think going back to you know the you need a strong session zero like you guys were saying and what i wasn't sure what to do is because we were all new to the setting what in my head, I was, I think I mentioned this to some of you guys, I had contemplated saying like, either you're going to use pregens or you're going to be this kind of general character because I knew what the adventure was and I knew 90% of the Harn characters wouldn't work. So, but what I hesitated on was like, we're all new to the system. I want you guys to embrace it. However, it's easiest for you to embrace it so we can all jump in and you know, be invested. Um, and I think that was a genuine mistake. Um, and I, and I think, uh, you know, I've said this to some of you guys on the side recorded forever. Yeah. <laughs> that was a mistake, 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 mistake. <laughs> so I think, um, yeah, I, I think with the session zero, I should have been more willing to tip my hand about what the adventure was instead yeah. of just, cause I think I mentioned like, yeah, you're going to be sent to this town to ask a question. I think I gave you like the very broad stroke, right? But obviously it was never going to be that simple. There was going to be a lot more asked of you guys than that. And, you know, Rex, your character sort of jumped on the part where, you know, it's going to be a diplomatic, it's going to be political in some way. And so you picked a thread that was definitely going to be important or could be made to be important. Um, 
But I, I feel like I did a disservice by letting people just do whatever they wanted. And, and, I, and yeah, I mean, they didn't do it. Like, I think we all like at some point, except for maybe Rex and me at, at a point later than Rex did, but they just rolled randomly. Right. That's, that's how we did it. And um, I think it's, I, and yeah, I'm not letting you off the hook, but it's, it's a bad <laughs> introductory module for the system, right? They should have right. come up with a module like, um, and you know, it, it's an old game though. So, right. They, right. you know, they don't know. And they're war yeah, gamers and I don't know. Right. But uh, also, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, but see, but my thought was, is that on some level, then we also have to look at us as players, right? Because at some no. point, I think I said this in our last session, you know, it's like, you know, look, I can, I can do, go any way that we need to go for my character. I'm not so wedded, like, oh my God, this character can only be this way. And at some point we have to, and, and I have a problem sometimes just in general with, with people coming into, not in the guild, but just in general. You know, it's like, you know, look, we're playing a role-playing game, you know, and it's a game where we're all together, right? And mm -hmm. so at some point, you kind of have to, you know, get on the ship, right? Sometimes you have to go, <laughs> you know, do things that your character wouldn't do because that's, you know, you're, yeah. again, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. so at some point you say, you know, okay, well, so I, I think starting off with a cook and a farmer and, you know, what have you was fine, you know, but the cook and the farmer, we have to realize, okay, well, you know what? We're trying to, you know, do something, you know, maybe it is our fault. Maybe we need to, we need to PBTA this shit and help art out and figure well, out how to get us. And I'm not, I'm not right. being sarcastic actually. Uh, right. Well, and, and this is where then, then I also have a, a thought about, you know, like railroading, you know, or, or, or what you said, one of you guys said about, you know, using the starter box, uh, Rex's idea, right? Mm. Is that, I sometimes think that in especially these kind of situations that it's probably better to start off with the starter box, the starter set, and just yeah. do that. I think yeah. that's what happened with 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 uh, Salty, you know, is that, you know, if he had run the one ring and just done the characters in the box and the starter box mm -hmm. set, right? I think that it, it would have flowed. Instead, he was trying to, you know, do something that was yeah. you know, unique, but... But Going straight to the advanced right. rules because of you know don't be a bitch. Right. Yeah, right. we might be hurting ourselves you know, a little bit there. Yeah. But 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 then also the other part of that though, then from the from the GM's perspective is well, you know what if if Art had said, well, you know, look, uh, Pete, your character has a uh, family member who lives in this town, you know, so I've got a personal connection, right? Or you know, uh, Duck's character, you know, was one of the you know he, again he had a family member who was eaten by the barbarians or something you know what i mean like mm -hmm. we have to you know that you can get some hooks that can take yeah. some of these these you know these random characters and make them care you know and that's what i think maybe in the very beginning we didn't have that hook it's like oh, hey, well, hey, it may still be know. salvageable we could probably add that shit in right yeah well yeah. i mean it, yeah. as far art as just concerned, has to ask like that's the thing like like art until like I guess, you know, if you've got players in there that would help you out if you asked, I guess, Art. And you're kind of trying to run it like a sandbox, but if you kind of see it gradually slipping off the rails, maybe we need to step out above the table and say, hey, it'd probably be good if, you know, if you guys did one of these things, because that's, you know, that's where the interesting stuff is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. That's another whole roundtable topic, probably. Yeah, well, but see, and that, that's the thing, and because and, I've had this kind of conversation in my i have my own private rant 
tables in my head, right? Mm-hmm. And so this idea of you know sandboxes versus railroads, and you know what? I I don't think that there's anything too terribly wrong with railroads. You know, no, I mean, I think not everything has to be a total sandbox. I think you can meld the two together. Yeah. You know, and say, hey, you know what? We're in a sandbox, but you know, the, the adventure says that this is what what we want to try to accomplish. So. You know, let's see if it, within the confines, you know, or the open space of a sandbox, you know, we're working towards it, you know, and, and then the, the, the players, you know, having that agreement, like, yeah, well, that's what we're here for. You know, we're here to kind of mm-hmm. potentially work together, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know, I think it's something that, that we all could do a better job. That's a, and, and I don't know if we want to segue the roundtable into this or not, but as a GM... Do you ever ask your players for help outside of it? Like PBTA, it's kind of built into the system. But um, I can think of times when um, I've kind of tried to go above the table and push my players for help. But it's a hard thing to do. Like in PBTA, it's very easy. Um, Well, I find that it's easier when you're in person, right? And you're four or five people hang out. And at the end of the session, you know, I've said to people as we're, we're breaking down, right? And, you know, then some people go, you know, and we, we probably could do it on, on online too. But it just seems like it's always easier, you know, in, mm. in session and say, hey, what did you guys think of this session? Is there anything that you you change? Is there anything that you like? You know, yeah. and, and just kind of get some idea that way. And you don't even have to be like, hey, I need help. You know, it's, it's, a, it's hey, you know, what, would you, what did you think about this? How, how do you think things are going? You know? Are you liking the way things are going in this thread, you know, or, or this, you know, in, in, in this plot line or what have you. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you can internalize that, you know, the, during that next week as a GM, you know, and say, okay, well, you know what, I, I, I can, I can maneuver things a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. or yeah, it was very clear that, you know, duck wasn't having a good time, but you know, art was really digging what he was doing. So, but let's see if we can kind of, I can try to move that around because, you know, he expressed that, you know, he wanted to be a little bit more involved, you know, kind of a thing. Um, you know, um, it wouldn't work for everything, uh, but there is a tool in one of my anime PBTA games called Scenes from Next Week. And you go at the end of a session, you have each player, you have the montage, like at the end of an episode where you see scenes from next week and you have the players do them. And that does exactly what, yeah. You're talking about Pete where like, and then, you know, and you, you know, some stuff may be out of bounds, but usually the players are pretty good. They don't go too crazy, but as a GM, you can say, okay, now I know what I need to prep, like to make that kind of shit happen. It's a really good, it's a really good tool. And then if the players know it's coming, then they know like, okay, you know, maybe I didn't have such a great time this session, but I can steer it to something I'm interested in. Yeah. But no, that's a really good, that's a really good topic it's harder to do in something like harn though um well yeah because i i have to confess what i tried to do is i tried to give you like an inciting incident right that was the meeting with the sheriff Mm -hmm. and and i gave you the mission now i set it up so like that's why i gave you sort of the region map because i wanted you once you had the mission like you could do whatever um and you sort of followed the mission and and i had stuff like should you go here this is what's happening should you go there that's what's happening (laughs) there um so i tried to leave it wide open but it was obvious what the direction was if you wanted to 
Yeah, I, th- I think more full sandboxes are somewhat overrated. Um, especially when you're trying to learn the system. Yeah. Um, right, right. Because and like, and I, and I, as a player in your game, I can remember thinking like, well, like you get like too many, it's like when you're at the store and, you know, and there's 50 different brands of cheese, right? You don't want, hmm. I don't want 50 choices for cheese. I want three choices for cheese. I want right. shitty cheap cheese, mediocre, <laughs> medium price cheese and really good expensive cheese, right? I can handle three choices. I can't handle 50. So right. like, and so you can have a, you can have a, you can have player choice and, but it's still like, you can have three railroad tracks, like you can have three choices, right? But right. like having 50 choices, like there's studies, right? People don't like, at some level choice becomes uh, yeah. a burden. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm wondering, I, you know, that back to like, if we talk about the railroading thing that Pete was kind of on, I think that's very interesting too. I, I don't think giving your players uh, like a path, like, and you've done that. You've, you've, you've definitely worked us around. Like, yeah, we had a path, like we had a, the inciting incident with the sheriff. Okay. And so we went, I mean, that kind of is the main path and, you know, we certainly didn't go off it. Um, I guess, you know, you can think about it as like, there's railroading and then, you know, it's like if we had gone off that path, you were ready for it. I think that's great. But right. Uh, you know, unless you've got a player like Brad, you're probably okay with just saying. <laughs> right. Or, so, I or mean, if players go off, then you just say, okay, we're going to stop a little early because you guys have done something different than I expected. So I'm going to go prep right. this other stuff. It's very interesting, but you know, right. who knows? And yeah. I think Devo had it right in the eighties. <laughs> Freedom from choice is what you got. Freedom from choice is what you really want. Right. <laughs> right. I'm going to throw yeah. that out there. I like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah, and red hats. So yeah, yeah. Well, and I bought one of those when I went to see you in '82. So of course just, you did. Just nice. saying. Do you still have it? Uh, no. Unfortunately, uh, I wish I did. It was one of those things that God, why did I get rid of stuff like that? Right? Because yeah. it would have yeah. been so awesome. It would have had my head anyway. But yeah. but you know, going and, and actually want to circle back, Rex, because you know I've also had this in on the back of my mind. You know these these very lore rich settings, right? And you know there's certain like Harn. RuneQuest. I mean, even DeGenesis. Sometimes I read those, and you know, and like I, I read all of RuneQuest, and I read all of DeGenesis, or at least the the core book, right? And I'm trying to do that with Harn, and you know, I almost get a feeling like these are almost like lifestyle games. And for someone to really, I mean, you can enjoy them in a small little, you know, couple mm-hmm. one shots that you do here and there, right? But it almost seems like, gosh, you know, some of these, especially like RuneQuest and Harn, that have been around for years, it's like. Harn has so many little details like you could, you know, like I was joking with with art, you know, that, you know, I want to carry someone so that we can roll every 10 seconds endurance (laughs) to see if we can continue to do it. Right. I mean, they have so many little things. You know, again, it's like some of these like war games that that we talk about. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) You know, that that, you know, they come down to every detail. Right. And if you're really going to get into some of these settings. You almost got to say, you know, look, this is the only thing I'm going to play for the next 10 years. And I'm going to play it five hours in a week, you know, weekly, you know, because right. there's so much to it. And and there's so much lore that, you know, there's no way, you know. Um, right. And I, I love lore. That's the thing. I love that stuff. That's why I read all these books, right? Sure. Because, yeah. you know, I, I, I just want to know all the information and, and get to know all the little details. Yeah. Um, and I think right. sometimes it's hard as a player just to sort of show up like, oh, okay, well, we're playing Harn this week. I, 
I guess I can go to Foundry and I can, you know, click roll and it'll roll everything for me. I don't even have to know the rules, you right. know, but, but I also am not really getting a sense for the lore because, you know, again, it's, we're scratching the surface in a two hour, you know, once a month session, you know? So yeah. sometimes I yeah. think that we, as a guild, we do some of these really lore heavy settings, a disservice. Well, yeah. And if I could say one quick thing and then I'll shut up um, to that point, you know, cause I was just looking up, I was like, I know there's like an intro adventure to Harn with some pre-gens and blah, blah, blah. So I was looking that up and I got to say, like, in my mind, the trick with, and I don't know if this applies to all lore rich settings, but maybe you guys can fill in the blanks there. My mind is if I ran the adventure that I chose as is, or if I ran this adventure that's listed as a, an intro adventure, I don't feel like, so I don't feel like you're getting Harn, if that makes sense. So like. I realized when I started prepping and running, getting ready to run Harn, this might be the only time it's ever run ever in the guild. Like this might be it. And so if I had done like, you know, sort of that one shot mentality where I, you know, I spoon feed the characters. I, I didn't know if I was, you weren't, you weren't experiencing Harn. You were experiencing a pre-gen one shot with a D 100 bug hunt, you know, or whatever. Sure. And so what I was trying to do with Harn by expanding it was because Harn is the setting, right? It's not the rules. It's not, it's, it's the lore and the setting. So I was trying to give a probably too broad of a scope for what we actually needed, because I feel like Harn introducing Harn isn't possible unless you know what you were just saying, Pete, that you're going to play every week for the next five years. Because, you know, if I had just run like a quick six session, one shot where you entered the cave and killed stuff, you know, you could have done that in any, in any game. What, what Harn offers is that the bullshittery of Tonot is involving in the bullshittery of the sheriff mm -hmm. and spilling into the bullshittery of the, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's the bullshittery. Um, so I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's in, that was part of what my thinking was. Yeah coming up with the idea because I, the adventure that I chose, and I, I know I've mentioned this to you guys is super boring. There's nothing to it, but the setup for the adventure is fascinating. And it's the sort of the situation we're playing. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is what Harn was. And I felt like if I'm going to show you guys or whoever listens, what Harn was, I had to, I, you know, and all the shit we're giving you, I'm actually enjoying Harn. Yeah. Uh, I'm enjoying running it. I will say. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, for all the, all the, you know, we figured out whose fault it was. We know where the <laughs> pointy finger of blame goes. I, I mean, yeah. I'm enjoying it. And I think now, like, I maybe, I don't, and I don't know what it was. I just didn't feel like this, uh, you know, maybe we needed to have this as part of session zero, though, like, and maybe you did, and I was playing Board Game Arena or something. Um, but, uh, like, hey, you know, maybe we need to have that part of session zero, which is like what you just said. Or, uh, hey, this is, I'm doing this, you know, it may not be optimal, you know, you, you know, we're not doing pregens because I want to deal with the sandbox bullshit heraldic noble interactions that Harn gives you and not just a vanilla, uh, you know, go in the mine and clear out the orcs kind of thing. Uh, right. And I should have been clearer as well. Like, hey, you know, Harn is this. And yeah. I mean, to be fair, I wasn't, I, you know, I was in it for, uh, you know, playing with the people that are in it, 
um, you know, it's a D100 system, so blah. And, right, uh, right. And, and the pretty maps, and, you know, pretty maps will go a long way. So um, that's, and so I wasn't, I'm, I'm the prototypical guy that, uh, you know, the lore rich people hate, like, oh, yeah, Harn, whatever, there's some politics there, right? So, but I feel like once I start getting into it, then I get interested, and I kind of maybe dig around a little bit. Uh, but up front, yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, that's the the po- political stuff didn't didn't pull me in, um, right? And that's why I wanted it to be the initial incident, but it didn't have to be. And if I had made you guys be, say, a band of mercenaries, like none of this would have happened in this way. Somebody would have told you to go to B, you would have went to B, then to C, right. and you would have done what you were told. Um, yeah, but but I think having that information above the table that that's how you that's what your philosophy was. I would be right. more willing to say like to push against, like I have a character idea in my head Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to act true to that character to some extent. But like Pete said, like sometimes you got to get on the fucking ship, Brad, even though your character wouldn't, might not do that. So, um, right. You know, but I I think maybe knowing that that's kind of what you were angling for ish. I don't know. I don't know. Like, and, and and listen, just just so you know, I also feel like in your M space, the initial one, like I was in error in the way I played my my female doctor. I played her as very, you know, sort of, you know, timid and, you know, and all that. I'm playing my character. But, you know, at some point, I mean, you know, we're playing a freaking science fiction game, you know, in a space station. Yeah, you know, I, I felt I was too timid, too. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You were way too <laughs> right. But, but at some point, I should have just been like, "Fuck it." You know. I mean, you know, we have to sort of sometimes look at these un uh, unextraordinary. That's not even a word, right? But unextraordinary people in extraordinary circumstances because we're playing a fucking game. We're you know? and we're trying to tell a story, and that, that's right. right. And how the story where like. I was too scared and I went home is not a story that anyone's going to write about. So yeah, right. I think, yeah, it is on us. It's all our fault. Fuck. God damn it. I'm done. Okay. Now this is, I'll get us back to art's fault. Okay. Um, I, could, because, I knew I could count on you. Yeah, no, no, I, I got this. Um, it, My discord's you know, about to crash. Exactly. Um, Here comes a chicken. You do. Know, part of it is, what's the actual purpose of session zero? And a lot of times I think, you know, we all say, Oh yeah, session zero, it's really important. And all we really think about is we're going to make characters together. Well, that, that could be an important part of session zero, but in my mind, the much more important part is, Hey, what's this game going to be about? Like what kind of stories, you know, do y'all expect to happen or, you know, if it's more of a GM led thing, Hey, this is a game about, you know, this is a game set in Harn. Let me talk to you about Harn and give you some touchstones as far as, you know, this, this is really to a great extent, Norman England in, you know, the 1100s, 1200s AD. And so it's, it's going to be all about territory and turf and, um, the mixing of, of peoples with different ethnic backgrounds and who has power and who doesn't have power. And, you know, these are the, these are the kinds of stories I'm expecting to tell, or these are the kinds of things that are going to happen in the sandbox. The players have some foundation 
oh, okay, this is what we're going to be doing in this game versus, hey, this game's a bug hunt or, hey, this game's a murder mystery. So we're going to be, you're going to be presented with a bunch of clues and you can go ask a bunch of questions and you might want to have characters who are smart and diverse and, you know, what they know and things of that nature. So, you know, uh, that's why I talk about a good session zero and I'm not necessarily suggesting that I can point to any good session zero that I've had. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that when you actually go back and look up and you look at people that ruminate a lot about RPGs, um, that's a big part of session zero, not just joint character creation. Yeah. And we don't do that enough. We don't do the, what kind of stories are you looking for? You know, and, and what, you know, as a GM, here's what I see in the session and here's the things that, you know, if you want to play in this session, you might want to like know about, you know, we don't do that enough, I think. You know, I mean, and then there's all the X card stuff, which you probably need to do more. Because, you know, I'm throwing that X card all over the place. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, wait, what's that? <laughs> what's, what's the X card? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but now I know. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that was, yeah, that's... Uh, are you done with Lore Rich? I think so. Because uh, I, I I feel pretty good about that topic. I feel like um, you know we've we've gone through the cycle of blaming art. Maybe it's us. No, it's really art. And so now we're yeah. back to back to full circle. Back to the yeah. full circle. Yeah. yeah, as it should the, be. Everything is right with the world again. Yeah. Rex, did you have a, something you wanted to segue into? I feel like art wants to question me about system switching. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So rather than me going, I think Art should question me. Yeah, well, let me let me also throw something out for the system. And, and again, this is going to be heresy, I'm sure. But, you know, again, what I've been struck with is that I've been playing now with, with the same group of guys and having very minimal grasp of the rules, but being on Foundry and just being able to click roll, right? And it does all the rules. And so... I really have been playing about three or four games without really feeling like I'm interacting with any system, but it's mm-hmm. the role playing that I'm doing. And so mm-hmm. right. sometimes I almost feel like whether we're in one system or the, another, Uh-oh. it doesn't Uh-oh. matter so Uh-oh. much. So again, maybe, I don't know if that's going to be a segue into your switching systems. <laughs> I yield my time to Mr. Rand. <laughs> um, what I'll say is this, in the very first um, GM roundtable I was on, one of the things I said was, for me, what one of the big parts of why System Matters is because it's how I, as the GM, get to play the game. Because like you said, like on Foundry, you can click a lot of things, but the GM sort of has to know what those clicks mean. And so I appreciate systems when I'm running them, and why I bounce around probably, because it's how I'm partly playing. Right. And so I appreciate it. Um, and so I think, I don't know if that fuels, that's part of why it fuels why I'm, I have switched systems or I am currently thinking about switching systems because as the one who interacts with the system the most, I'm seeing things in my head. I, I feel like I'm seeing things that you might not be seeing or care about because, you know, you, you speak your piece, you click the buttons, but then, yeah, you have a turn on BGA, you post a GIF in the, in the, in the channel for the, the game, you know it's very easy as the player to only not only, but to really focus on the role-playing part of it and not concern yourself too much. But for me, the GM 
is the one really dealing with the system. And um, it, it's part of what motivates me to look around sometimes. I'll say, I'll say that. Um, but if, if you want me to ask, because I was curious, I, I, I think I can, for you, it sounded like it was a little more player driven, the potential switch from, uh, from gumshoe to Delta green. But if, were you content running in gumshoe or did you also feel like, eh, I think we, uh, did we lose Rex? No, he's here. No, here. You're, you, we lost your video. But. My video, yeah, my my Discord crashed, and I can't get my video back. Okay, um, no worries. Were you able oh, to hear Rex everything? Oh, Rex is still here. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah, you hear everything I just said, though, or did it I cut did. out? Oh, okay, nope. cool. I heard it all. Uh, so I'm deciding how I want to answer this um, because if I sit on Gumshoe, did you order the code red? <laughs> <laughs> you can't handle the truth. Exactly. Uh, because I just got my Swords of uh, Serpentine in, which is Gumshoe goes to Lies of Wakamura, for lack of a better term. Um, and when it first dropped, the PDF first dropped, it got a lot of, of positive feedback from people who thought they had done some really clever things with it. So... Um, Here's the challenge I had with Gumshoe and its iteration that we were using in Fall of Delta Green. Um, again, the, the the big calling card of Gumshoe is that all the clue finding stuff um, you don't roll for all that stuff. If you if you have the right skill uh, to get the clue, you're going to get the clue. Um, and at least you're going to get the core clue. And then if there are additional clues, you could potentially spend points from that pool to get the additional clues. Um, so the, in, I think in theory, what they're expecting to happen at the table is players look at their character sheet and see that they've got three points in archaeology and the players are going to start trying to find ways to use their archaeology so they can get clues and potentially spend to get bonus information. So number one, that wasn't happening. The, the players weren't looking at their investigative stuff as a way to um, proactively engage with stuff. So then I, as a GM, kind of basically had to look at their character sheets and figure out, okay, you know, this is what they've got. So now I have to construct scenes and, and situations that will allow them to get the clues that I think they need to get in order to advance the investigation. Um, so, and it's not a typical system. It's not what most people are used to. Most people are used to having some mechanism you know, involving some form of dice or cards or something to to resolve whether they get information or not. And then that same system of pools applied for your non-investigative skills. Um, and those points were basically modifiers to your D6 role. Um, and what I... And number one, we didn't roll a bunch. Uh, so the players didn't 
real engaged with that. But I think from a system point of view, the challenge with that is you're rolling a D6, your target number might be a four, it might be a six. You know, I mean, it could be an eight. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes the players don't know that ahead of time. And, you know, you might have six or seven points in your pool. So, and you have to spend before you roll. So it just got into this dynamic where people, you know, a lot of times are like, I'm not really sure it's worth spending points here. So I'm just going to roll it and find out what happens. So again, they weren't really um, using the system the way it was designed. And um, I'm sure that was my fault for not hammering system more and, and pushing them on that. But I also think it was because it's just, just a different system that people are not used to. So for that game, I'm going to switch to Delta Green, which is based on Call of Cthulhu 6th edition, I believe. Mm. Um, okay. Because I know everybody's familiar with that. It's very much in everyone's wheelhouse. And um, I feel like I can do all of the things that I did before. And I am hoping that I'll have a little more engagement from the players because they have that prior knowledge of how this works. And um, so that was the thought process that got me to uh, decide that I'm going to make a change for my next Fall of Delta Green game. I, so I think did, what we, we've determined is system matters and lazy players matter. So, <laughs> and so, and it's the combination of those where, you know, great GMs have to like, you know, figure out how to get these lazy players to do their jobs. Right. And I also think it circles back to like strong session zeros because as a very sort of system curious group, you know, you know we're jumping around all the, and we're trying out different stuff, you know, Maybe like, I, but again, the trick is like, if you thought you were going to run a lot of gumshoe, then it's worth investing in that session zero to really have a firm hand to teach the players, you know, they can read the rules, but until you actually do it, you yeah. know, you don't, you don't really know. I, you know <clears throat> why? I mean, and I don't know, maybe Rex, you could, I have a question for you. So I like the, uh, I, the, to me, the main appeal of gumshoe is the, you've got the skill you get the clue. Um, can't that just easily and the answer? Maybe yes. Can't that just be ported over to like call of Cthulhu six, seventh, whatever edition where, cause in Ralph kind of did this when he ran us through a couple sessions at cons where the way he plays call of Cthulhu is. Um, and I think this may even be in the books themselves. So it's not as explicit yeah, as go shoot. Yeah. Um, but like if you're if you've got a skill of like over x right over 40 over 50 like in driving um, and you're doing something that you know a norm might be a little bit difficult for a normal driver but over 50 you're considered to be an expert you don't even need to roll you've got that expertise you just do it right. so if you've got library research at 65 and you're in a library you just get the clue there's no roll um, right and to me, you can that's an easily portable thing out of Gumshoe. But then the players are playing in Call of Cthulhu, which I think a lot more people are familiar with, you know, or Delta Green, I guess, same BRP type thing. And uh, 
And yeah, I, I and I just, I mean, we've all talked about it. We've all shit on Ty for it, but I'm going to shit on him again because like <laughs> that that was just an eye opener with the way Ralph ran it, and and then the the painful sessions like where we're all like, we know there's something important there, and we all fucking miss our role, <laughs> and like exactly. Ty like, oh, <laughs> like yeah. yeah, like if 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 every if every player missing their role is going to cause you trouble, then don't have them roll. And I think right. that is a great idea. It comes out of Gumshoe, but it doesn't need. You don't need to use like Gumshoe rolling a single d six. I mean, the point pool. Eh, I don't know. I played one Gumshoe, which was the fear itself with backdoor. Um, it was me and Anthony, I think, and that was it. Was interesting. It was a good scenario. It was a good adventure. Um, it wasn't as much of a mystery, though. I guess, although I guess there was some. It didn't didn't wow me as a system. I guess. That- that's right. always what sort of. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it's it's certainly within the realm of possibility because this is my only meaningful experience with Gumshoe. You know, the, the way Fall of Delta Green came to exist is it was a stretch goal in the Delta Green Kickstarter. Because um, you know, original Delta Green was just kind of like a supplement for Call of Cthulhu, mm-hmm. and yeah. then. Uh, and then it kind of took on a life of its own. And then so Arc Dream did a big, you know, fully contained uh, Kickstarter in, you know, 2015, 2016, something like that. And a stretch goal was Fall of Delta Green, written by Ken Height, using the Gumtree system, you know, set in the 60s. Um, so it's, it's within the realm of possibility that, that, some of it was grafting um, gumshoe onto the kind of stuff that's going to happen in uh, a Delta Green game as opposed to Trail of Cthulhu because Trail of Cthulhu is gumshoe and there are people that rave about Trail and talk about, you know, once you play Trail, you're never going to play Call of Cthulhu again. <laughs> so... That's why I don't want to give up on Swords of the Serpentine because um, I, it, in some ways, it it reminds me of Band of uh, or Blades in the Dark, mm-hmm. um, but maybe without the bouncing off it system stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for my Delta Green players, I think clearly shifting over to uh, a D100, you know, Delta Green based system is the answer. And in the Delta Green rulebook, it does call out this idea of, you know, if there's a certain skill level, they don't have to roll, you know, and, yeah. and you can, when you create your clue finding stuff, you can say, hey, if somebody with Demolition 60 gets here, they're going to figure out this, this booby trap. Yeah. And um, now if they want to disarm it, maybe you have them, you know, roll to do that, but they're going to get yeah. the information that there's a bomb connected right. to this door let's right. not open this door um and they've they even talked about maybe it's two related skills and if the sum of it hits you know the number and it, they use 60 but i didn't necessarily think they were suggesting that that always be the threshold mm-hmm. for getting so i absolutely agree and i i absolutely agree that that playing games with ralph um for all the pain that is involved um <laughs> is also really enlightening because like he really changed how I approach naval minis because he'd be like, just roll the dice. 
okay, that number's not any, there's no way that number's even close to a hit. So we're not even going to actually calculate the precise, whether mm -hmm. it's 23% or 26%, because you rolled a 72. Mm -hmm. we, I mean, we that's Dave, there's, Dave does that too. Yeah. But. You know, so, um, uh, but I'm not giving Dave any credit. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I'm fine with that. I, and I don't understand what is not fulfilling about gaming with Ralph because I can, he can, I can, like, I can tell he's getting so angry when I keep asking him the same questions over and over. <laughs> he's getting so angry and he knows I'm trying to make him angry. So he's trying not to get angry. Oh my God. It's so much fun. <laughs> and then when I start slowing down how I play, oh, it's just so easy. Oh my mm -hmm. God. Uh, Love so anyways, that is, that is my, uh, uh, why I'm switching for uh, Fall of Delta Green 1964. Yeah, okay, so it sounds like you know, sort of like in quick summary, it's just weak-ass players. Um, <laughs> it, but it, in summary, it sounds like it's it's to facilitate you know, you know, the player familiarity. Why not run it in 5e, Rex? Come on. <laughs> but giving a, the player sort of something they're familiar with will help sort of spark the role-playing or the, the gaming or well, there's um, two aspects to it. I mean, number one, I think there's an absolute statement that the when you were doing the actiony stuff in the Fall of Delta Green Gumshoe version, it just was not intuitive. Okay. Um, and I don't think the players saw any value in trying to get a deeper system understanding to like really to really work it. Right. Um, you know, typically the only time they'd add points to rolls is by is by hugely telegraph. Like you really don't want to fail this. Um, right. Uh, you know, generally that's the only time they'd start spending. Uh, so, so the two problems that came out is because we weren't doing any rolling during the investigative talky talky stuff. Okay. That was kind of a jarring transition to okay. Well, now we're going to pick up dice for twenty minutes of a two-hour session, and we're going to pick up dice that you're not really familiar with and roll them in circumstances where you're you don't have anything to fall. Back. So I think going to a more traditional approach, understanding that I'm going to liberally use the they don't have to roll to get this. Um, you know, or they're going to get the core clue. Now right. they're going to roll if they for pass the roll. They get it, right. something extra. Yeah, they get the cherry. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I think that's just going to the players are going to be more system comfortable. And then I mm -hmm. think when players are system comfortable is when they start doing you know the Pete thing. You know, I was actually reading the rule book, <laughs> and I yeah. found this thing I can do. Yeah, right, uh, right. which Pete has done to me in Forbidden Lands, and I I love he it. Has. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I love it. Yep. yep, yep. Although he has also cheated in Forbidden Lands, so you know it's not all win-win. <laughs> yeah, so he's paid enough prices with his various character deaths. So perhaps, <laughs> perhaps. So, so. Uh, along those lines, you know, Pete and Duck, have you ever Just had I'm a, a dumbass? Doesn't mean I'm a cheater. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, sir? Um, <laughs> But have you ever switched systems for any reasons, but sort of kept the the setting, the 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 crux of it? Just swapped out what was under the hood. I don't know that I ever have. Um, I've thought about it. Oh, do you? Okay. Oh, what's one that's jumped out? 
Uh, well, well, not so, being a perfect GM. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, what's the one, the one I've have? the one I've definitely considered it, and it, it was more of like um, hot new Kickstarter shiny thing. Okay. You know, OSC was coming out, and we were playing uh, DCC White Rock, and I'm like, oh, I you know, I spent an evening or two noodling about like what it would take to move White Rock to OSC, um, okay. and I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't because I think. DCC is I, when we get when we you know I, I still enjoy DCC and it's different enough from everything else that I do that um, I'm glad I'm still doing it. So in that sense, it might have been more of the 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 GM camp where you were like yeah, it was, I have a shiny new thing and you know and, and everybody was running it. OSC and it felt yeah. <laughs> I mean White Rock feels like it would probably work fine in OSC, um, but. You know, at the end of the day, I didn't. Okay. Uh, so I, I, you know, I tend to stick with things more than perhaps some other people do. Um, right. Like if I'm going to do a new system, I would probably kick off a new now. And uh, I mean, the the um, anime one I ran. Um, it's funny that pile I pulled out where I had Blades in the Dark. That's my like. I wasn't like I that was a beta or alpha version of a Kickstarter anime game, which was it had some neat stuff in it. It was PBTA, but you got to choose two playbooks. Um, okay. So and it was kind of, you know, the anime trope where, you know, it's all kids in school. So you had like your normal person playbook. So, you know, there was like the goody goody student. There was the jock. There was the, you know, the, the idol girl. Um, and then you had a supernatural playbook. Um, so, you know, you had the guy, the thing, you know, the, the sorcerer guy who could like write runes and, or you had the, um, guy who could summon creatures from weird ass places and shit like that. And you got to pick these two things and then they interacted. That's kind of cool. But I've definitely, like, if we we're going to do a season two, cause that was just too good not to do a season two for, um, and I would definitely, Although, you know, I just, that Kickstarter never got past the beta rules phase. Oh, really? uh, although the guy was just posting again, so I don't know if we'll ever actually get anything. I never got a book. Um, hmm. So, I mean, I got a PDF, but, you know, I paid for a book, but whatever. Right. Um, right. He's, you know, he's got depression, so we should all feel sorry for him. Oh, yeah, Fuck that's, you. well. Whatever. <laughs> um, but, it, yeah, so, like, and so I was designed, that Blades in the Dark was because, like, I was really enamored of it. I'm going to design my own anime role playing, and I still might. Um, I still might, but okay. Uh, I well, haven't ever let me, just let me just ask, toyed with it. Okay, so let me. Uh, I want to ask. You know, obviously, Pete, I'm about to ask you the same question, but I also there's a follow up to everybody. Have you ever been a player in a game that switched systems, and you were either like, "Thank fucking god," or "Why the fuck did you do that?" But Pete, I was curious first if you have ever been a GM where you're like, you know what? I need to swap this out. Well, no, because up until recently, it's all five E he's all five E e, and I've only done. So with a, that's the perfect system. Bar none. <laughs> yes, obviously. And, Definitely. and then B I, uh, up until, you know, uh, well, even with Mark Borg, I'm running it out of the book. I, I run book, I ran book adventures, right? So, uh, or like the, the one shadow run starter set that I did, you know, adventure okay. for some guys. Right. So, yeah, no, I've never had that opportunity to even be in that place. Okay, and then uh, and then the other part, have you guys ever been in a player where it switched and you were like, either thank God or that's disappointing? 
don't know that I have. Maybe it doesn't happen that often, and I'm just. I don't think if, it happens if, that often. If Jason Deus Volt may be my first one. I was going to say if Jason t- would please turn off the podcast, or, you know, the roundtable right now, and or skip ahead 15 seconds. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say I was disappointed because I really wanted to continue OSE. Uh, in, oh, I uh, did too. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, and I don't mind playing Mothership. Uh, I just wish. But yeah, that wasn't. That doesn't answer our question, though, dude. <laughs> but yeah. Oh yeah, I, I guess yeah because I guess I wasn't. I was yeah. You're right. It's a different setting. It, it wasn't a. a he I just he just got tired he of. Ended that one, right. He yeah. ended that one with set. Yeah. So no, I've never played in a setting where it was. I don't think. I mean, uh, you know, Rex is doing the Delta Green thing. You're thinking about the Deus Vault. I can't right. think of of across all the. I mean, we've noodled it like, you know, if, you know, I think Rex thought about Numenera and maybe doing something different. Maybe not. I don't know. Cypher system grew on me a little bit. Um, I don't know that we've ever done that in the guild. Uh, I'm trying to think, you know, uh, not even like, you know, Pete's Greyhawks games always been 5e. I, you know, I'm just listening, like scrolling through all the the podcast images in my head on Podbean. Right. Um, you didn't know, Rex... Jason, didn't Jason change one of his cyberpunk games? Eh, he... he, he like yeah, Cybernetic I, Dolphin or something? Cybernetic like Dolphin is his term for, like, this world, and he runs various systems in it. Yeah. But, like, if you think about it, okay, I have never been a player or been a GM who's converted characters from one system to another. Because that's the thing, right? If if you're going to convert, it's the characters and it wouldn't necessarily be that hard, but, um, never done it. So I don't think, I think it's very unusual. Uh, when, uh, Zweihander was sleeping on the couch, I mm-hmm. was side eyeing, uh, Warlock. Oh, British, right, right, right. I remember. Uh, you know? Um, yeah. but you know, yeah. Zweihander lost a little weight. And you know, was talking about yeah. me lying on the couch with its ass up in the air. What are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, I've seen yeah. that scene in so many anime. I Got an antidepressant. <laughs> so you know, it, the bad stuff wasn't that bad, was it? It's not going to wake so, up. And, and candidly, the, the I'm back in on Zweihander because nice. the work that was done on Flames of Freedom and now on Blackbirds and what's coming with the the new quote unquote starter box um, has has cured my number one issue, which there's was just so much bloat in that mm-hmm. revised uh, core rule book um, and frustrating bloat because you know, you need an editor and more importantly, you need to really polish some of your systems here. They're good, but there's just enough corner cases. And I just not. remember your description of the social combat yeah. where like nine, you go through nine, this whole nine, long procedure nine, and then nine, at the end, eh. ah, I just figured out. Fuck Whatever's it. the best for the story. That's, That's right. All these steps. Yeah, no are... shit. <laughs> so, um, I'm still angry about that. I uh, know. And I, I feel your anger. I, I, I It's valid. I'm validating it. So, I just remember um, yeah, your frustration and anger as you described that, and I empathize. Right. So everyone so. listening, just know it's whatever's best for the story. <laughs> it may not be obvious. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, uh, that was my other flirtation, but, and that would have involved actually converting the characters over and that would have been a somewhat of a challenge. Warlock's a really light system. So the advantage is you don't have to do a lot of like, you know, math calculations and all that. You really just have to kind of eyeball, well, which skills would best represent this Weihander character in the Warlock system. Yeah. So now, and now Twilight 2000, do you think C-Rack would put that on the new, I don't think he, I think he would keep it in GURPS. I think he would keep it. In. We got to get him fired. Who's, aren't you working on that? Can't you get him <laughs> fired? Rex? Uh, you have some system poll, or something. Man. Yeah. Can we publish well, some articles? recording? I, I can't uh, say anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah. Oh man. It's good stuff. All right. So it sounds like it's not that typical. And I, I actually, that's a, it was a very interesting question and I don't think it's ever been done. So yeah, uh, I, you know, we, and I can say with it. Yeah. But. Right. Right. And I can say why I'm contemplating it and why I, I did it for one of my games. Um, and I think I, I was telling somebody, I think I was telling Pete, I forget when we were talking, but it was, it was actually duck something you did in an M space game. And I think it's happened in the first round of M space games. And it happened, I think once in maybe twice in the first round of days vault after we switched to Mithras. Now the initial switchings of systems, I was always, I was always trying to keep it a D 100, but I was just trying to make the goddamn virtual tabletop work. Mm -hmm. But once we got Mithras going in, but what it was that made me start to think about it was we were in a combat. First of all, that, you know, I think I said, we've never really run a combat, right? But we were doing the special effects table. And at some point, this is not a quote, but you were just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to do a special effects because I just, I don't care enough to look. And I was like, I don't care enough to look at this list either. (laughs) And as soon as that happened, I was like, then what are we doing? Like, yeah, exactly. Not that combat's right. Not that combat's the most important thing of an RPG, but like, you know, if there's a system in place, that's just literally making us go like, I I don't want to, I don't want to look at this. Um, and so it started to make me think like, okay, that's, you know, Mithras, I, and I've said this elsewhere for me, Mithras might actually best be suited to a biweekly dungeon crawl where we would master the combat because the rest mm-hmm. of it is not that unique. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the combat where it, it offers something different. And since we're not, it, it's not worth it on some level how we play. Uh, so then, you know, I read Savage Worlds for the first time just cause I kept hearing glowing things and I was like, Oh, okay. This, you know, has the right spirit for days Vault, you know, and the combat gives you choices, but it's not like, please look at this list and cross-reference if this is the action you're taking or is it a ranged attack? It's right. just like, look at the terrain, make something up, see if you can apply a skill to it. And if you can, you know, go for it and we'll narrate why that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, yeah, like just get rid of those charts. Don't, you know, just let the players have choice, some tactical crunch if they want it, but it's not prescribed. It's, you know, it's not something I think you would need to take time to internalize it's just like i want to do something gonzo and i'm going to use this skill to do it and that's the the choice the game wants you to make right um and i felt like for a monthly game where it's it's just it felt like a potential better fit it might be a shit show it might be stupid i have no idea but i mean it's going to be those things because i'm the gm but i don't know if the system (laughs) inherently is that on top of it um so 
that was what made me consider switching. It wasn't something I did lightly, um, but it was something, it was very much like, I mean, we a, actually, l- listeners, um, we actually haven't seen, he switched his foundry module over. We haven't played Savage Worlds yet. So Right. It could be terrible. No, I'm just saying you haven't actually done the switch until we. That's played true. We games. haven't carried through on this. And are we right. taking the same character? Well, we're moving to England too. So, are right. we really switching? Like, if you're not oh, converting shit. characters, and I'm new, so I didn't play the right. previous one. Shit, so. forget it then. Yeah, the reason why I was doing <laughs> England is because I thought it was going to be a whole batch of new players, and then. No, I, I'm fine. It, I yeah, I'll and give if you credit for switching, yeah, um, and then. Um, I should ask Blair if you. I mean, I, I could know. keep my same character though, couldn't I? I mean, Gilbeans on a Gilbean abroad is yeah, a little uh, getting some baked, some full English breakfast, right? <laughs> baked beans and uh, pudding. Um, as a repast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have all those repasses. <laughs> so, but yeah, so and I don't know if Savage World's the right system, but what jumped out at me was that it seemed to offer a lot of choice, but it wasn't on that same technical level as you mean a generic system. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, I've said it before. I don't have the stones to run full bodied GURP. So it's not, it's, you know, it's, it's only for the chosen few. I mean, can't, right. not everybody Strong. can handle it. Yeah. The proud. Yeah. The tops, not the bottoms. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Um, no, I'm, I'm. I've always been intrigued in Savage Worlds. Unfortunately, it has the the samer taint on us, which is like, oh, I'm going to run a game. I'm going to run a game. Yeah, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Um, like once he said he sold it, I was like, okay, I feel like that. Yeah, because the Seven World setting really has like it has that, you know, and and you know, you know, Savage Worlds. It's the the core mechanics, like you say, are are pretty simple, and you know, yes. there's a set of skills, and but then they have the books that point you towards sci-fi and fantasy and stuff, but. But right. then the seven world setting, like, you know, just some of that crunchy details that the physics nerd in me loves that like you like space combat is is about uh, getting heat out of your spaceship because, you know, like if you boil the people inside like kernels mm. in a popcorn popper, that's bad. You lose. And you yeah. win. Yeah, you lose. Well, you win if you're the other guy and you lose right, if right. you're those popcorn kernels. And uh yeah, I mean that. So, like, I don't know if if we go full bore into Savage Worlds, so maybe I'll pull out Seven Worlds and because Seven nice. Worlds, what I've read is, um, it's there's secrets in there, right? So, right, like, I, won't I haven't touch read it. Yeah, yeah, I haven't read it because like someone's got to say, okay, I'm going to run it, so that it doesn't, and then everyone else doesn't read it. But so once I decide to run it, then I'd go read it. But I, yeah. so like you trying Savage Worlds is great because then I can see if how much it resonates with me and see if it's worth trying to do the seven worlds thing. Yeah. And my hope is just that it's like I said, it's simple, but it's complicated when you want it to be. Right. Um, and I think I'm really, and, and I shouldn't say I'm just coming around to appreciating generic systems because Mithras is relatively it generic is. on some level. Yeah. It is, um, it is. But I, I think I do like generic systems. Um, yeah. It's just finding that sweet spot for, the the frequency with which we play and how you know it, how well it fits with like titty gifts in the channels that were mm-hmm. you know in the game I'm excited I'm excited to try Savage Worlds like I did get the rule yeah. book out when you mentioned it so um, we'll see how it goes we'll see how it goes and uh, yeah. it'll probably you be disappointing you better run it yeah I bought the book so. oh my yeah you spent that whole thirty dollars right I should yeah. run it or Doug should run it 
No, you Art, should. You're the one. Yeah, no. Yeah. Don't Volt. stammer it. Day's Vault is, yeah, there you go. Day's Vault Do we have is, a session scheduled? Yeah, it's uh, September 1st, a Thursday at 9 p.m. Um, we'll if have. you want to bring Gillibean over, we uh, we could. It might I'll be so, well, whatever. Is there, is there sex appeal in uh, Savage Worlds? Uh, there is, yes. Yeah. Um, it's handled a little differently, but there is sex appeal. You, you choose how. <laughs> and, and it's cool because Art said I can play You could play I, what? I said, what's that? <laughs> celestial. A celestial. Celestial. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I saw that joke. Yeah. You're an angel. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I don't know. So but I, I and I was hesitant to do it because I know that I dragged everybody through the bullshit trademark. Um bullshit. getting wait, wait, what day did you say that was? Uh it was a Thursday, September first, um, which I thought was cleared, but if that's not good, we I have it on my calendar. It, it's good. I Somehow I didn't get it in the calendar. I, I don't know if I put it in. And then I figured. It's, it's on the guild. Okay. Oh, I'm, um, sure, I'm sure it is. I just. It actually wasn't in my calendar. Actually, it wasn't in my official calendar that my wife okay. can see. So let me get that on. And I don't want to derail anything. And, and that's a 6.30 time, right? Uh, six, six, if that works. And, you know, if we want to go a little to 11, well, to 8.30 or whatever we can. But, um. I know pa- Patrick's in the game. He's on the East Coast. So we'll see how long he can hold up. Um, I can go all night, baby. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, definitely. Uh, but these young, these young kids. Uh, no, Patrick's yeah. a great guy. Yeah, the, the young, childless twenty-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, it's tough yeah. for them to stay up. Yeah, but um, anyway, so not to hog everything, but that was uh, I figured I'd answer you're my own so, question. Um, so taken over this whole thing. God, you're so needy. <laughs> Um, but I, I didn't do it lightly because, um, you know, the, the base game days vault is a D 100 Mithras game. So changing it over involved, you know, like, well, shit, now I got to do work. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and you know, Rex for, for Zweihander, were you relieved when you saw the start of thing? You're like, Oh, thank God. Now I don't have to, or were you like, you know what? Warlock would have been kind of interesting and it's the one that got away. So I may have lied earlier tonight. <laughs> I can't remember if I said I installed only two systems or if uh, I... You did say two, I think. Yeah, if you could read yeah. it back to me. But did I make it exclusive? Because <laughs> <laughs> mm, uh, it's a good possible point. that I also grabbed the Warlock uh, nice. thing. Um, that's probably... I'm not going to do the work to convert the current Zweihander characters over. Um, And I want to get Zweihander back up and get that to a natural stopping point. Yeah. But I'm playing around with um, doing a little, you know, short warlock, um, you know, maybe like succession kind of thing just to, to, to kind of try it out. Um, It is, definitely a light lighter system and it definitely kind of come i think technically it predates uh warhammer fantasy roleplay interesting uh, so it's but it's it's got a very similar kind of gritty uh, uh you know non-heroic um 
you're just average people, you know, that get thrust into having to do not average things um, deal. So uh, it's it's in there. I haven't looked at it yet, um, but that potentially is going to happen. But I don't really have any regrets that Zweihander cleaned its act up. Um, yeah, yeah. So, well, so let me ask you. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was going to say. So let me let me rephrase the question. Maybe like so. You maybe wouldn't switch horse mid mid race, but and and obviously this is you know this is off the record now recording. But um, <laughs> but would you run Zweihander like if you were going back to the Thirty Years War, Grimdark? You know, you you would wrap up Zweihander and get it into a place. But the next time you swung back around would you be like you know what fresh characters fresh city uh it was a good run zweihander but like uh warlock or whatever uh, the next would you run it again i guess if you had to come i back think around? if i did warlock i probably would do uh there, there's a uh originally there was just the rule book and so there was an implied setting based on the professions that were available and some of the other things, the skills and things. And now he's actually released some content that actually gives you kind of a world to play in. Uh, and it's fairly inexpensive. So I probably would run Warlock in his actual setting just for ease. Um, I'm not entirely sure if what Warlock does with uh, gunpowder weapons. I think there's a supplement that, that adds that in. So um, I'm pretty happy about Zweihander as uh, to, to represent that time period. Okay. Um, I, I'm tempted to run Flames of Freedom. I think the problem is if I ran Flames of Freedom, it would be a lot like uh, Mark's um, comrades game yeah so and that's very... such a great that system i there's a lot to that system i want yeah i, I want to do that system more it's a shame yeah. mark got so busy yeah but yeah I there's maybe, a, lot, a lot there maybe i might run comrades at some yeah point. I, I'm, nice. I'm in for it yeah it, it uh i have a good skill set to run that game so. I, I it is right in your wheelhouse yeah i feel like you would bring <laughs> um you know, a lot of political science to that game. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So very... along that line, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say it would be very precise. Uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> all the maps all of that game would check out. So, uh, <laughs> um, so I was kind of curious along that line, like just to take the temperature of the room with everybody, like as a check-in, like is there a system dangling out there in front of you that's Peaking your interest. Uh, I got Nowhereville hanging out. Okay. There. Nice. Um, the cool thing with Nowhereville is, um, you know, it's PBTA ish, um, but you have there's a there's a chaos and order track, and as you as it moves up and down at the end of that track, you get to do special things, um, mm. and but then as soon as it slides off the end, like in the last. In the there's you know it's like plus three and minus three, but when you go beyond the plus three, something utterly horrific happens. So, like if you're on the order 
end and then you slide off. It, it just like I don't know how well it would work, but it seems fascinating from a rule set standpoint. Right. So I'm sort of caught And then Pete, I know you're running Morik Borg, but is there other systems that ever sort of pop a button and catch your eye? You know what? I, I I'm just gonna keep saying that I'm just so close to just running something five E. I just really you should. Want to get back to we don't have enough five E. I like playing five E. Nice. You know, I, and I might even run something five E sometime. I don't know. Uh, Very nice. But. Cool. And so it's all right. And then Rex is the one dangling in front of you, comrades, or would it be something, something oh, else? I would. But Lord no, Legend Five Ring. L5R is going to get... There's always a lot of things dangling in front of Rex, is all I'm going to say. Exactly, that's true. Um, So, probably the most interesting dangling thing is the Shadow Shadow of the Demon Lord system. Mm -hmm. Um, I I haven't... (laughs) Yeah, but not the actual original, Mm because the whole body horror thing just doesn't really do anything for me. And I know you don't have to lean into that, but it it's one of those where it seems like I'd be doing a lot of work or I'd be getting a lot of useless content that I was never going to use because right. that stuff didn't really appeal to me. Um, I haven't actually backed the Viking one that's uh, getting ready to close. Mm-hmm, um, right. I haven't either. Because I, the, there's a downloadable like first segment of a graphic novel and I read it. Um, <laughs> Convince you not to back? I, wait, I, that's too harsh. Right. But, but, but made you hesitate. Yeah. yeah. It made me hesitate um, in the sense that I'm not sure I would run it. Um, and so I get it. But interestingly, Art shared with me like a a blog post or whatever, where they're talking about a more traditional fantasy version of the system Mm -hmm. Uh, that piqued my interest because I don't really have a fantasy game that I'm Mm -hmm. confident a bit to run, Um, you know, keep on deck to take over forbidden lands. So I don't have to worry about that. Um, So, and the OSC thing's kind of come and gone for me. Like, I don't regret having it, but I'm not sure. Yeah, how much I felt, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I, same. the burning yeah. desire to run it is, has, has cooled. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure that I'm that excited about running DCC. Yeah. Um, Only the best. <laughs> you know, I haven't given up on the One Ring either. Um, I just need to kind of get back to it, engage with it. Uh, and then potentially that could happen, but that is like that's a very specific taste. Like we're running Lord of the Rings here, not like we're just doing fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. So that Shadow of the Demon Lord, you know, uh, can't remember what it's called. Art, what's the working title? Of the might be a weird, a weird wizard. Weird wizard. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, because there were a lot of things in that Shadow of the Demon Lord when it first came, and he was basically talking about the game that I found really attractive. You know, that um, kind of the working model is you're probably going to have, quote unquote, 10 sessions. And, and then that's really kind of, it'll be done. You know, now whether that's 
10 actual sessions or 22 hour sessions to give you about 40 hours to play. Uh, that would be up in the air. You know, the, the, you're not tracking XP. You're not making these real micro adjustments in characters. You know, theoretically every four hour session, pretty much everyone's going up a level. Uh, and they're getting options with their characters and they have choices in character development, but it's not a super deep character optimization, ex- optimization exercise, like something like Pathfinder or even high end D and D is. Because my understanding, even with this, <coughs> if you get up to, you know, level 15 or higher, there's a lot of stuff um, and a lot of options. And mm-hmm. um, you can have some real struggles with having interesting encounters at that point in time. So, well, yeah, Pete could probably talk about that. We're not at level 15, but. And then people get upset when uh, they get hit with a rock thrown by a giant and it hurts them real. <laughs> then uh, that may just be difficult people <laughs> uh, so I think that's I mean I'm sure tomorrow I could tell you three other things that are tickling right, my fancy right. but, but as we sit here at this moment I think that's where I'm at mm-hmm. yeah yeah. I Shadow will say the Demon, I, oh, sorry, go ahead sorry no no I, I was going to say Shadow of the Demon Lords was when I started prepping but then I heard that the the rule set needed to be basically rewritten for the version 10 coming out and they weren't sure what compatibility there would be or maybe i'm reading into that but so i just stopped um but yeah shadow of the demon lord is one that's always sort of intrigued me since i stumbled upon it um but yeah anyway so sorry duck what were you about to say um i recently you know uh we've talked about uh burning wheel Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Rex had mentioned it earlier, and uh, that there's a sci-fi setting using that system called Fragged Empire, and that's very hard yeah. to find. Um, and I found I found a copy, which I of nice. course then bought. So uh, I was on my the last few of my days off in my post-COVID fog. I was paging. It's an interesting setting, just the way they have mm-hmm. it set up. Um, just the background called Burning Empires, I believe, but. Uh, maybe you're right. I thought it was yeah. fragged though. Maybe I'm confused. I might, it might be burning. Yeah. 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 Burning empires. Yeah. Cause burning wheel, right. I guess, but yeah. Yep. Um, one of my great regrets was selling that, uh, hardcover. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. uh, it's definitely got, it goes for a premium now. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I have PDFs, but yeah, of course you gotta have a book. But anyway, uh, and I, you know, I know, well, uh, Caleb ran some burn. I was going to say, somebody I thought was setting it up, uh, Caleb. Was it Caleb? I think yeah. he, never got, he never got it started. He no. ran one session because um, Carl came on drunk. Drunk, I remember that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, like lambasted them. Uh, <laughs> and I was there too. Cause, and, uh, but I had, like, I was just like, oh, I just kind of wanted to listen because I think we had another session. And Carl came in hot, ready for the other session, like really drunk. And uh, Carl, Carl is like drunk frat boy when when he's really drunk, and it's great. Love Carl, but um, <laughs> uh, that was yeah. actually torchbearer. That uh, torchbearer, burning. not not burning yep. the not right, right, right. Uh, yeah. 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 Right. Okay, I was wrong. Yeah, so we haven't run Burning Wheel. Is Caleb the one who also talked about Burning Wheel though? Yes. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's he's going to try to get something going, and he's going to let us know in August when he might try to get it going. Okay. Well, Caleb, Caleb, yeah, Caleb's got to stick with something. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's not at Samer level. 
<laughs> but this dip your toe in like session right. 0.5 and then dip it out like you know this is not this will not stand so you can let right. this be your warning salty windingo right <laughs> that's why shall not stand speaking of speaking of burning well headquarters longer term the miseries and misfortune that's all i also was going to mention that as a hot dangler right but that's another one of these games where um, even though it's historical, I think there's got to be player buy-in to really get okay. into, the, into the period. And uh, there's there's three small books that are currently out. There are two more coming. One of them is basically a full-blown introductory adventure. And he specifically said, you know, it's, this game can be a little overwhelming to players because it, it just throws them in the deep end and they don't really have any idea what to do. So he's specifically designing his beginning adventure to take place outside Paris. And kind of the punchline of it is the characters are going to end, you know, basically ready to go into Paris. And hopefully that adventure will really immerse them in the setting and have a much better understanding of what's going on so that when they hit the ground in Paris in 1648, they don't immediately just drown because they just don't understand what the politics are and what the power factions are and what's really going on. Uh, so I'm waiting for that. And I would like, you know, hope I'd like somebody to make a foundry module for it. I'm not real confident that's going to happen, but I mean, the systems are, it's kind of like oh, uh, BX, right? With it's, different classes. I mean, the, 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 the setting is complex and political and deep. Uh, I'm reading right. it right now. Yeah, um, I don't know enough about the system to know whether you could just... It you know, says grab it's a 54 a... supplement for basic Dungeons & Dragons. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sure it's it's the system itself is going to be D20. I probably not Thaco. They probably fix the AC. Um, so do you think maybe an OS the OSC module or some other? Yeah, I, I think I think you could you could take the an OSC you know the basic thing and it would probably work. I'd have to it's... I'd have to do some research on it. The classes yeah, would just... have to be fixed and everything. But uh, I was gonna say it could be just data entry, but maybe not. Maybe there's some. Yeah. Well, there's six. It says it contains six new classes, weapons, spells, and equipment for playing D and D in the first half of the 17th century. Rules include fighting with rapier, pistol, pike, and musket in four small formations. So, I mean, but just like having the stats, uh, you know, the stats should be pretty easy to get from anywhere. Uh, if someone made a, a foundry, that would be good. But you could probably get something that would kind of work pretty easy. Right, and I think there's. There's a plan for a roll twenty implementation, and I might yeah. just have to bite the bullet and yeah. go back to yeah. roll twenty uh, for that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you, just get, of... you get that Paris map and you throw that thing up, and everybody's goes exactly. Ooh. Yeah, sexy as uh, But this is the perfect segue for me to bite a bullet and go to sleep. Yeah, I was <laughs> thinking we're probably winding down. Yeah, good, yep. sounds good. Good, good end. Uh, very very good discussion boys i'm glad we could yeah. uh, make it happen yeah thank you guys thanks 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 and thanks to though. jason's chicken 
super proud people. <laughs> Real hero tonight. Thank the Sal Monella. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're feeling better, but yeah, yeah I hope so. it, it really worked out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. All right. Have a good night. Yeah. Good night.